Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome our online viewers, those of you that are watching online, perhaps you're listening on the podcast. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together for our online viewers and listeners? Listen, if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home what we hope Covenant. Father, we welcome you. We welcome your presence. We welcome your spirit in this room. Lord, we don't want to leave the same. We consider this a unique opportunity to hear your divine voice. Lord, we make our plans and then you come in and direct our steps, which means it could look totally different than we think. But Father, we invite you right now, a dangerous prayer that we're praying this morning, that you would come in and totally mess up and do what you want to do. We want your kingdom come and your will to be done in our lives. So Father, speak to us this morning. We pray that dangerous prayer. Lord, you speak to us and you have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe that again, would you shout amen? Amen. Today is part two of our series on prayer, and I I gave you a pattern for prayer in uh, in week one that was based out of tabernacle prayer. Uh, If you remember, just kind of walked you through the tabernacle, and we we linked that to prayer, the outer courts, and then going into the inner place, and we, we taught about that. If you haven't heard that, you can go on our podcast and listen to it. Uh, is really profound. The tabernacle is, if you're a worshiper at all, the tabernacle is just really an amazing, we're all worshipers, amen? Um, but it, but it, the tabernacle is just such an, it gives us such an amazing, there's such profound revelation in all the things that are represented in the tabernacle. Um, but today I want to give you some favorite prayers, and I want to encourage you each to take notes. I believe that if you would take notes on this, and again, I know Pastor Kieran mentioned this, that in the Version app, you can pull them right up. We've got them written out for you, and you can add your own in there on top of it. But I believe this is going to really revolutionize your life, and that it'll come alive to you if you would really apply these things that we're talking about. And again, the title, The Prayer of Jabez Today. I believe in our prayer life, the key is that you would connect with God and not only send prayers out to him, but that you would really hear his voice. And I've gotten a lot of questions. How do I hear his voice? Well, you could hear his voice. Some people hear it audibly. You can hear his voice through his word. Um, there's dreams and visions that's scriptural. And, and uh, you know, a vision is really like a daydream. You can, you can sometimes you can hear God speak to you in your sleep. There's amazing ways to hear the Lord. The cool part about that is the Lord rewards those that seek him with diligence, which means when you seek God with tenacity, you will experience the presence of the Lord. Sometimes it's not instant pudding, but you will, you will experience the presence of the Lord if you pursue it. How many of you know he's very much alive? You know, he's, he, you might not see him physically here right now, but he is in this room right now. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's online. He's with you in your house. He's with you in your car. 
And I, I thank God for this. And in First Chronicles, you have a lot of this person begot this person begot this person. And it can get kind of confusing. But in First Chronicles, you actually have in this begot thing, you have 600 in a row that you really have no mention of, of specific people until you get to chapter 4. It's somewhere in the middle. And it gives an honorable mention to Jabez, First Chronicles 4, verses 9 to 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, or you could say begots. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. So Jabez is a Hebrew word that literally means pain. Could you imagine naming your kid pain? I've already had a conversation with Liz. No matter how bad it hurts, we are not naming our child Jabez. Just want you all to know. We have other names that are planned, and they will be announced shortly. <laughs> as our kid was kicking me last night. I slept real great. Um, we don't know the circumstances. The Bible's not very specific as to why Jabez was named pain. And we don't know if it was a difficult delivery or, you know, if he was just a pain in the butt. We really don't know what the, what the circumstance, but we do know that his name was pain, the Hebrew word pain, that literally was his name. And just imagine for a second if your name was pain. But I, I want to ask you here a quick question. If, if, you're, if your name or your life, because I know all of us in this room at some degree have experienced pain. Many times, one of the things, because the Bible says that this, is, this is actually true. There's, there's verses that speak to this, that deep calls to deep. And many times we're attracted to people because of their interests or perhaps what we've gone through. We can relate to each other out of pain. How many of you know the Lord works all things together for the good according to those that love him? But you will find in your relationships that many times what actually links you with people is people that can identify where you've been through in life. Painful circumstances, painful things. I, I could say probably 95% of you in this church have talked to me about church pain that you have walked through. I want to promise you that if you're a part of this church, you're probably going to experience pain because where there's family, there's pain. And when it gets real, you're going to experience pain in relationships. That's what makes relationships real. What makes a relationship awesome is when we work through and persevere through those things. That's what makes it really real because how many of you know a friend loves at all times? Yeah, at all times. In fact, it's the painful moments that have brought Liz and I the closest it's amazing how God works those things. He works all things together for the good according to those that love him. So here's my question. If your name was pain or your life is marked by pain, what would your prayers look like? See in this next verse. This is so profound. It's so beautiful. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Everybody say God granted, God granted. his request. You'll notice here that Jabez wasn't a victim in that prayer. He didn't pray according to his pain. It's almost like he ignored that in that prayer. We need to rise above the difficulties of life and start praying through lens of vision instead of lenses of, of problems. Yes. 
And I just, in fact, Liz and I, we were just having a talk about this, about a complaining spirit that we noticed we were getting caught up in. And we started, you know, I owe you a dollar, Liz, if I complain. I probably owe her so much money. But we, we're challenging each other with this because how many of you know we've got to be vision focused to get to the things that God's called us to and stop focusing on the problems, stop focusing on the delays, stop focusing on the challenges, and start focusing on the one who turns impossibilities into possibilities. Are you grateful for that? Yes. I'm trying to stir somebody's faith this morning. We need to pray potential. We need to pray by faith. We need to rise above difficulties. I want to encourage you when you get into your prayer life. We talked about this with tabernacle prayer. When you start praying, the outer courts, start thanking God instead of focusing on the problem. You go, but the problem's huge. Start thanking God. We need to pray by faith with a posture of faith. Nobody wants to listen to a complainer. People do pay attention, however, to a person that has every reason to complain, but they start praising. Yeah, it grabs me. That can actually be a witness when you're going through a challenge and you have the joy of the Lord operating through you in the middle of the worst challenge you could possibly imagine. Dad, you can confirm this, that when my brother Scott died, the joy of the Lord literally came in and transformed my life. I was like all business and super serious. And God came in and all of a sudden I, I, I gained a light heart through that situation. And I think our family, because there was a joy of the Lord on our whole family, probably had the largest witnessing opportunity we ever had out of the biggest tragedy. My brother was killed in a jet ski accident. It was, I was 16, he was 13. It was tragic. The news media was outside on the front lawn interviewing dad because there was a situation where there was another family involved and, you know, they were trying to get negativity out of us and they couldn't do it. And dad kept pointing to God, kept pointing to God, kept pointing to God. And the papers couldn't even believe it. And, and the narrative that they were trying to, to play out didn't work out. Am I right, dad? You wouldn't let it happen because you kept giving glory to God in the middle of the situation and it blew people away. Why? Because like Jabez, dad made a decision. I'm not going to focus on the problem. I'm going to focus on the problem solver, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody needs to give God a shout of praise in this room and get a little bit more excited. But for most people, your problem is not your problem. Your problem is that you don't have anything greater in your life than your problem. Can I, can I say that again? Your problem is not your actual problem. Your problem is that you don't have anything greater in your life than that problem many times. How many of you know if you've got Jesus in your life, you've got something greater than your problem? Which is why I tell you every week, I can't get away from it. Marinating in the presence of God is the answer to every problem that you have. Because that's where revelation is. It literally lives in that place where you can hear the voice of God and you connect and you commune with the Father. Yes. What Jabez figured out is if I ignore that, the request that I would love for God to hear and ask God for things I know that he wants in my life, it would actually handle my pain. In the middle of your painful situation, you say, Lord, what do you want 
out of this situation? What are you trying to do in, what are you trying to build in my character? What are you trying to shape right now? God, what is it that you are purposing for this moment? You I don't like that. I don't like this moment. Nobody said you had to like it. Oh, I don't think we like being stretched. I'm not a real worker outer. Amen, Patrick. He's tried. He has tried. Why? Because I hate being stretched physically. But how many of you know I need it? (laughs) Don't amen too loud in this room. I will come at you. (laughs) But I'm telling you, there's something about pain. There are lessons and trials that we go through that I believe it's not that God created those situations, but he, he creates the equipping in those situations because he works all things together for the good according to those that love him. Do you love the Lord today? Well, that means he's working some good things for you. You go, well, I messed up. He's working all things together for the good according to those that love him. Repentance is a wonderful thing, and it's also not a very challenging thing. It's an amazing thing. Because how many of you know we're all jacked up? We all have issues. We all have self-centeredness. That's what his will and inviting his will into our lives is all about laying our will down, our self-centeredness down to see his kingdom come. I do want to say this, that it's not wrong to make your request made known to God. And that's, I want to make sure that's not a misunderstanding. That's actually scriptural to make your request made known. But it's amazing when you can rise above the challenge is where I'm getting at. Let me, let me read verse 10 again. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And now see this, and God granted his request. So here's a question. What kind of prayer should I pray when I'm in pain? I want to submit to you that we replace pain with God, what do you want? And God, what are you up to in my life in the middle of this situation? And I'm not trying to discredit anybody's pain. But I'm saying you can talk and you can be honest with God. And there's amazing revelation in his presence. I want to give you four prayers here, some daily prayers that I want to encourage you to pray. And when you're walking through these challenging situations, if you would pray these, I believe like Jabez out of 600, that God would recognize you in your prayer. If you would pray this way. Number one is, I would encourage you to pray for God to bless you. That's actually scriptural. In Psalms 5 verse 12, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with favor as with a shield. I claim that in Jesus' name. And as it pertains to Isaac in Genesis 26, verses 12 to 13 in the New King James, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. How many of you are claiming that? And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Now, I want to hit on this because a lot of times the church winces when we hear the word prosperity. How many of you know that's actually a scriptural word and it's a good word when it's not taken out of the context of how God intended for it? The world doesn't like this word prosperity sometimes, and they're very critical of the church many times when it's used. And I've seen it where it's been out of balance and preached that way. That's not what I'm talking about. But And I've been accused of being a prosperity church. Now, I want to tell you absolutely we are a prosperity church. But now I want to tell you the context of that because it's a holy word, not an unholy word. 
when it's interpre- interpreted properly. And I, I mentioned this to you the past two weeks, but I want to just recap this. The word prosper in Hebrew is pronounced selach. It's a Hebrew word. It sounds like you have popcorn in the back of your throat, selach. And it means that you're able to get to a certain point. Like in other words, we all have gifts. We all, we all have callings. We can get to this point, but then God takes you here. That's your gifting gets you here, but then your anointing takes you beyond your gifting. It's a supernatural act of God. And that's what the word prosperity means is the supernatural work of God that takes you beyond your limitations. Very different than what we think because we immediately see cha-ching when we hear the word prosperity. It includes that, but that's not what it's referring to. It's referring to the supernatural of God taking you beyond where you can go in your limitations. And I want to reiterate this, that I said it last week, that the gifts are without repentance. So you going here, you can do and be totally jacked up in sin. But when you, the anointing is a different story. Now the anointing requires holiness. The two are connected. And when you, as you submit to his lordship, you experience the supernatural work of God. Am I saying you can't experience the supernatural work of God and be in sin? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is as you submit to his lordship, it's amazing where he takes you in the supernatural. That's what I'm suggesting. I don't want anybody to misinterpret that today. But this is not just about money or wealth. In other words, let me give you some examples. I can be a good husband up until here. But now the supernatural, the the telach, God comes in and makes me a supernaturally awesome husband as I marinate in his presence. As I become more conformed to his image. You see, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I can come here in my job and then God takes me here. I could be a good parent, but then, Selah, God takes me here supernaturally. I said it last week, and I want to say it again because it's, it's just that good. That there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Okay? Knowledge and wisdom. I'll say it in that order because that's the order I'm trying to go in here. Knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is that a tomato does not belong in a fruit salad. I try to give that example to some of you to understand this. We need wisdom in today's society. You can't make it without wisdom. In fact, Talak, the anointing, we need that in this day and hour, these end times that we're living in. We need that so God can help us navigate places we need to avoid and places we need to go. If you don't have discernment right now, remember good is being posed as evil and evil is being posed as good. You need wisdom. You need it. I don't want to walk without this. So functional and true prosperity. I want to read this uh, on 3 John 1, 1 verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and, and be in, in health just as your soul prospers. So functional and true prosperity. Prosperity, having more than I need so I can make an eternal difference in the life of, of, of others. That's the goal. Genesis 12, verse 2, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to others. So why does God pour out prosperity on us? It ain't just for you. That's so limited. 
That's why I encourage you, don't limit God in your giving. When God gives you, it's stewarded to you. You don't own it anyway. It ain't yours. It's the Lord's. It's given to you for the purpose of your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, when does that start? The minute you accept Jesus. The minute you accept his lordship. Lordship is not a dirty word. It's a beautiful word. Submission to God is a beautiful thing. Disobedience is an ugly thing. But here's an amazing daily prayer here. Lord, bless me with more than I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. Number two, the second prayer, pray for influence. Influence is not a bad thing. You, this is not so you could have a platform so you could be braggadocious. This is so God can use you again for the purpose of his kingdom come. We all need to pray that God would give us opportunities for ministry. What is ministry? Living out my faith for the benefit of others. Think about that. It's all about others when you accept Jesus. It ain't about you anymore. Remember, this is a river, rivers of living water, not a lake. You're not there to get stagnant. Rivers of living water. Y'all have me yelling today. Everybody say, I'm a minister. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you, grow in this church. It ain't my job. It's our job. You're a minister. Who is the full-time minister here in this church? It's every one of you. I'm just here to lead this thing. I'm just stewarded the opportunity to pour into you that we could go and blow Charlotte up for Jesus. I don't mean to blow it up in a bad way. Don't edit that out, Kai. I like it, though. <laughs> Kai's back there, like, taking notes, editing certain things. Don't edit that one out. But you're a minister, and you have something to offer if you're walking in prosperity that's beyond you. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That just made it legal right there. Acts 2, verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all. Everybody say all. People. That's why when I hear people dooming and glooming, I get really irritated. Because that verse right there, Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. I believe that we're in like the, that we're wrapping this up. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that God is pouring out his spirit. I'm just waiting for the church to wake up and recognize it. Because there's glory. His presence is accessible. The problem is that he is not that he's not here the problem is that we don't recognize it because we are so stooped in self-centeredness. And it's time for the church. There's a wake-up call coming to the church in America. There's a wake-up call coming to the church in the world. I'm part of God pouring out his spirit. I just talked about this before, Acts 2.17. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will, will see visions. And, and, and your old men will dream dreams. I love a prophetic generation. Julie's back there equipping them right now. How many of you know that these are not junior leaders? These are current leaders in their generation. We believe that in our children's ministry, that they can lay hands on their other kids their age and see them healed and recovered. We've got to stop equipping a generation with thinking this is for later. No, this is for right now. Is that bearing witness with anybody in here? You've got little powerhouse kids, yes. and we've got to teach this young. 
I'm trying to activate something in you this morning and saying to you that God longs to do a work within you. Again, God does not have needs. He has desires, but he desires to work through you. I want to ask you this. What's on your bucket list? What are some things that you're dreaming of? What are some things that you're visioning that are bigger than you, that are bigger than what you could accomplish, that it takes the telach? It takes God coming in and kissing it and anointing it for it to actually, if you, what you're praying and contending for is not bigger than what you can accomplish in your own strength, it ain't big enough. I'm trying to wake up some visions and dreams in this room this morning. Telach. It's a great word. So the prayer here is, Lord, let me see what you see so that I could pursue all that you have for my life. Jabez then turned to the Lord and said, let your hand be on me. When God starts to do things with you that are bigger than you can accomplish, you end up needing God even more. I hope that you are dreaming so big that you get in the middle of it and you go, oh my God, I need you right now. It's a good thing for us to need God. If you don't have to rely on God, you probably need to change your direction real fast. If you're not needing God every day, you're probably not living a life of faith. We need to be walking this. It's going, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. It's going to be scary at times. We need to remind ourselves God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Because uh, trust me, when you look at it, there's times you're going to feel like you're losing your mind. You're going to have to remind yourself, no, God's given me a sound mind for this moment. But God, I do need you to come in and say, I need you to come in and take me further than I can do in my own strength. So that brings me to this third prayer. We need to pray for God's presence. Acts 11, verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and they turned to the Lord. I love that. So we need to pray for God's anointing. I want God to live, I'm sorry, I want to live my life with God's power so that I could live a supernatural life. And I want to pause here because that's the very vision of this church. We are contending that we would live supernatural lives and see God move through us, in and through us. That he transforms us and then works through us that we would see signs and wonders and miracles. You go, can signs and wonders and miracles happen today? Of course they can. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so is his power. And I, man, I don't want, if, if, if there is not a supernatural move of the Lord, I don't want it. I need to see it. I'm crying out for that every church service. Lord, I am waiting for them. I'm contending and waiting, and I am paving the way. Lord, you come and do it. I'm waiting for the moment where we lose control over these services, and this room is packed out, and we're like, the people like driving by, just pulling, because I don't know what I felt, but I felt something. I just had to check out what's going on there. We go, well, that's called Selah. That's called the anointing. And you felt, I, man, I, be, I pray for that all week long. Lord, every person that drives by, let them just supernaturally. I, I'm, I don't want to have to sponsor on Facebook. I know I want to just sponsor God yes. and see his power move. Yes. That's what I'm all about. Right. I'm getting excited today. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Exodus 33, verse 15, then Moses said to him, this is Moses speaking to God here. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. That's my prayer. Like, Lord, I need your presence or I don't want it. And this has personally been my prayer a lot lately. And this verse is for somebody here. Somebody, somebody came here for this verse right here. This is a prophetic word for somebody. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. When you look at this thing and go, I don't know if I'm equipped for this. I know God told me to do it, but I don't know if I'm equipped for it. You're probably in the right place at the right time. Consider that confirmation. When you go, oh, no, snap, I can't do this. Yes, you need God now. This is probably awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Verse 6, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So a prayer to pray. Lord, let your hand be on me, because what you've called me to, it's too big for me. I love that. It's too big for me. I can't do this without you, Lord. I need you. And then that brings me to this last point. And I'm going to camp out here because there's somebody that came here this morning that you're totally freaked out. Point four is we need to pray for protection. First Peter five verses eight to nine, be alert and sober minded. In other words, when you have a choice and you're staring at sin, be sober minded. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for who he's going to devour. But don't be freaked out by this. Verse 8, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. In other words, you ain't the only one who's tempted. You're not the only one who's dealing with this. You go, I'm fighting sin. Yeah, then the devil loves to isolate you and make you feel like you're the only one. I'm the only one who's ever experienced this problem. No, you're not. Why did I put on that sarcastic voice? Because the enemy's so stupid. He's so stupid, and I'm so sick and tired of him. Okay, say that out loud. The enemy is stupid. Yeah, you, get, you have the pastoral permission that you didn't need to say that. That in an American Express card will get you a Starbucks. What is spiritual warfare? Confronting the enemy with God's authority of God's name through the truth of the word and the power of the cross. Remember, we pray to God in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Luke 10, verse 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Everybody say, nothing, nothing. will harm you. Right. Let's say it like this. Nothing, nothing. will harm me. And that's why I say the enemy is so stupid. Those are the red letter words of Jesus. Nothing's going to harm you. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful for the power of the cross? So our last prayer, Lord, strengthen me and rescue me from every attack of the enemy. I just had a conversation with a pastor this week who sent me an album of his church worship. So he was calling it. And it was really warfare. It actually wasn't a worship album. It was confronting the enemy. And he asked me a dangerous question. I hate when, when I'm asked this and I, because I'm an honest guy. Uh, I, I, I just am. I'm a seeker of truth. And is anybody in this room a seeker of truth? And he said, what do you think of this? I said, you know, it's great in, in a moment of warfare. I said, but you know what's amazing about worship is worship is not warfare. Worship is worship. When you exalt the Lord, that oftentimes 
to almost always will handle the very thing you're trying to war against when you exalt and you magnify and you lift up the Lord. And I think the American church has gotten lost in trying to fight and we're singing about our journey. We're singing about our problems and we're actually exalting the enemy when we should be lifting up the name of Jesus and, 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 and worshiping, sing songs to God. Because there's something that happens when you unlock that love where God just handles all of our problems. You don't have to strive in his presence. There's something that happens with praise. That there's a breakthrough that happens in praise. That's why Liz and I have grass skirts on here going, come on worship. Because if you would just do it. You would find your problems are handled. Why am I yelling? Because I'm passionate about this. And I am so seeking true worship to come from the saints of God. And I believe there's a remnant that gets this. What that means, there's a collective of people that understand that. That's why you oftentimes see me go to the old songs because the old dudes got it. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, all my soul rejoice. Think about those words. Let joy, my king, come from what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound. In your that right there is the best form of warfare you could possibly do is get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes on the problem solver. Go figure. I didn't have to kick the devil in the teeth, poke him in the eyes. I didn't have to do it. In fact, I would warn you against that kind of stuff. Why would you want to antagonize the enemy when you could just worship the king? Now, I'm not saying you don't rebuke the enemy or resist the enemy. That's scriptural. What I'm saying is when you worship the Lord, oftentimes you'll find that your headspace gets in the right space You have an encounter with the king and your problems are solved. Check it off the list and move on. So I want everyone to stand to their feet this morning if you would. These four prayers will absolutely revolutionize our prayer life. Number one, pray for God to bless you. Number two, pray for influence. Number three, we pray for your presence and then we pray for your protection. Here's what I want us all to do this morning. We've all got individual specific challenges and trials and situations that we're walking through. But how many of you know in his presence it's all handled? So with every eye closed and every hand lifted, if you need the Lord this morning, I want to encourage you to lift your hands to him. Father, we invite your presence this morning. Lord, we ask you, all of those things that we just learned. Father, I thank you that we can encounter your presence. And Lord, where things aren't right in our life, that we can repent and that you wash us. You're so gracious, you don't even remember those things when we repent. Lord, I thank you for the person who feels like they've fallen from your grace this morning. I rebuke that lie in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Lord, that you wash us. You wash us. And I want to say this to somebody who's worried about the sin that you're in or worried about how it makes you look. That's pride. 
When you repent, you have to move past it. You have to forgive yourself because he's washed you and he's forgiven you. Don't get hung up on it. Jesus, we receive your grace. We receive your mercy. Lord, I thank you that this year, in areas where we fall short, the hue, telach, we could go this far, but you take us so much further in your anointing. So, Father, we reach out and we say, I need you. Just say, I need you. I invite you into my life. Lord, show up and show off in my life. In Jesus' name. Now, I want you to say this with me. Father, I thank you. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And what does that mean? His burden is light. In other words, hey, you could release it all, give it all to him. And he'll wash you with his peace and he'll relieve you of the thing that's keeping you burdened down, keeping you tied down. Father, I thank you for release of your presence. Holy Ghost, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, it's a new day. Like Jabez, we want to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I thank you, God, that you're healing the pain. And you're moving us past it. And you're getting us focused on what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, would you shout amen. amen. If you guys would be seated just a minute. Before you leave with the music continuing, I just want you guys to breathe in and breathe out and just give it to God. Whatever it is, give it to God. Because the enemy loves for us to be burdened down and focused on problems, focused on the thing that came up that we feel like, oh my Lord. But the Lord loves to come and we read that verse about he rescues us. Aren't you glad that he rescues us? If you need God right now, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Thank God for the moment. Thank God for the moment. You, well, I messed up. Okay, thank God for the moment. He's got your attention now, doesn't he? Thank God for the moment. He's gracious and he's good. And his love endures forever. Would you say that with me? His love endures forever. He's a good father, isn't he? Guys, thank you so much. If, if anybody needs prayer, our pastoral team's going to be here. Pastor Kieran and Laurel. Pastor Gary was raptured, apparently. Um, I'm joking. But Pastor Liz, she's up here. My baby will lay hands on you, all that stuff. I'll lay hands on you, whatever you need, if you guys need anything. But I love you guys. Listen, we're headed in good places this year. Let's just stay in the presence. Stay in the presence. I want to encourage you guys. Next week is our last week in this prayer series. I'm just going to talk about fasting. We're going to do a week-long fast after that. Um, don't avoid next week because you're hungry. Come because you're hungry for God. And, uh, and it's going to be a good week. Guys, have a good week this week. I'll see you next Sunday. Love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.